everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. And speaking of injectables, shocker, we're going to talk about it again. Today, I have a beautiful guest in here with me. She's one of my fellow Fort Worth injectionistas. Her name is Abby. A lot of you guys in the area know her because I know she sees like, you see probably one half. I see another half. I think so. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Thanks for having me. My name is Abby Hennigan. I have my own little spot here in Fort Worth, Abby Hennigan Aesthetics. Um, I've been injecting for about eight years and I got to meet you along the way. I don't know, yeah. five years or so ago. For like, it feels long, like yesterday. I know. <laughs> we look like it was yesterday. Uh, we sure do. <laughs> and we will forever. Yes, we will. Um, anyways, I have two little girls. I'm married. We live around here and that's it. I love it. So I met Abby whenever she was working for uh, MERS, which is a good little connection because last week we spoke to Jeff Castillo, the VP of MERS. And so you were more on a training platform than I knew of. I didn't know that you had injected too much, but then you like boss babed up and have your own practice. Yeah. So I think it's only fair that we dedicate this episode to injectors, but I also think that, you know, prospect clients can benefit from this episode as well. And if you're not even into aesthetics, you should still listen to it because you're just a, a fan, yeah, right? 100%. So yeah. I think it's fair for us to talk about how we, and I'll, I'll share my story as well, but how we got into aesthetics tips for how you can be successful in aesthetics from an injector perspective and then things that you probably should not do. Great. Right. Topic. Yeah. Because, topic. and we were chatting about this earlier. One of the most frequently asked questions that we get, whether it be on social media or from colleagues or from friends of friends of friends of friends of friends is mm -hmm. how do you get into aesthetics? What tips can you give me to get into aesthetics? What should I be doing? So before I go down my rabbit hole, tell me your perspective of that. Okay. So I, you're absolutely right. It's a question we get asked all the time and it's hard to answer. And I used to always want to answer that question because I had a lot of help along the way getting in myself, but it's not a simple question to answer because there's not one way not. of doing it. So I guess I could start by sharing my story and yeah. then kind of go from there, but we would love to hear it. I started my nursing career in ICU and then moved to Fort Worth. I worked at JPS in the trauma ICU, Ooh. which was so fun. Oh, I miss those days. Kind of. I don't, <laughs> I miss my friends, but yeah, that's about, that's it. about it. Okay. It's that's not fair. glamorous. Now we no. have like the most glamorous job. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, got invited to a Botox party in someone's garage or something super That's usually sketchy. How, yeah. <laughs> Sounds so sketchy like that. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is the most glamorous garage Botox party I've ever seen. I want to do this. So I asked her like, how did you do this? And she said, just take a class. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to go take a class. I'm going to get certified and then I'm going to have Botox parties in my garage. Yeah. And you <laughs> know, legit. it works out like that. No, it Back doesn't. Alley Botox. It does not work out like that. I guess it does. If you're married to a doctor who wants to do that. Anyways. Yes. No. That's so fair. I'm not. And long story short, I Googled Botox classes online and I found one. I mean, they have them all over. So I found one, um, in Houston, it was a couple weeks away. My girlfriend and I signed up, we went and took a class and then I was like, okay, that's it. That's, That's all it. I had You're to do. Legit. And I just it, couldn't guys. believe that nobody wanted to give me a job when I got back and yeah, then dropped my resume off everywhere. Audacity. Yeah. I just was like, oh, damn. 
Um, so it wasn't that easy. And it took me about two years after that to actually get a job. But during those two years, I was selling my soul to aesthetics and I was begging anybody and everybody to just let me shadow you or let me Mm -hmm. get trained by you or just let me look through a window while you do what you do. And I lucked out. I have this fabulous, amazing mentor who's still a mentor to me today. She lives in San Angelo. I'll give her a shout out. Her name is Lisa. She's awesome. Shout out. We love the people that collab versus compete. Oh, shout out to Lisa. Yes. Lisa's great. Um, so she opened up her spa to me and she said, yeah, I'll let you come shadow me. And that was it. It was just shadowing. Well, by the end of that day, she had me injecting my mom, my aunt, my cut, you know, anybody who I could bring in, she was just that fourth, you know, just that, that, uh, generous and letting me kind of learn from her. And if it was not for that sweet, kind Lisa giving me that opportunity, I would have never then met her rep who also is a rep of Fort Worth and had an account who was willing to hire a new injector. And so that. I got hooked up with my very first job in aesthetics ever, which was in Colleyville. Um, and luckily that woman was willing to train me from the ground up. But something I want to add here is that if it wasn't for my nursing knowledge, my years of experience Preach. in actual nursing, this woman would not have felt confident in hiring me because I already had a basic understanding of the face, how muscles work, what is skin, what is tissue. I had that basic understanding and she thought, okay, you know how to hold a syringe, you know what the musculature of the face, you know, you have all this knowledge. I don't have to teach you that. I can at least train you in how to inject. And even still with all of that nursing background that you have, tell me how confident you were when you first held the syringe. <laughs> um, I think in order to answer that, I'd have to have some confidence. Right? I had zero. Right. So true story. The very first person I ever injected by myself, like without someone literally telling me what to do and where to do it, asked me how many times I had injected or how long I had inbe- injecting. Oh, no. And I oh, jokingly no. answered, quote unquote, jokingly answered, oh, you're my first one just to kind of brush it off. But really, truly, she was my first one. And I left after I did her corrugators and said, how many units am I supposed to do in the globella again? Like how I forget what is the, and at least you didn't lie. You just made it seem like a, you're my first one. (laughs) I don't know. We won't talk about, we won't talk about it. Cause I don't know. I'm pretty sure we saw her two weeks later and it was a bad deal, but, um, yeah, confidence didn't come for years, no years and years and years. Yeah. I like, I like that you touched on that because a lot of my little baby nursing students will come in and they're like, I want to, you know, I finish in May and I want to go right into aesthetics. What tips or advice do you have for me? And I'm like, go to med surge, work in the hospital. (laughs) Because I mean, coming from somebody that worked in the ICU where you have to be extremely yeah. confident and accurate with your injection, not just injections, but with, with everything, your knowledge, with yeah, knowledge with yourself as a nurse, it's yeah. still, it's a completely different battlefield in aesthetics. And right. that's, that's what I try to push on people because, you know, yes, we do have a glamorous job, but this is probably not even kidding. The most challenging and stressful yeah. I've ever been in. So here's how I word it to people. When I first got into aesthetics, 
my, I kept telling my mom, like, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I don't want to go to work. I'm so nervous. And she was like, you've saved lives before you've gone into trauma ICUs before you've gone into surgeries. Like you've saved lives. I said, mom, these aren't people's lives. These, these are, their are their faces. faces. Yeah, no, it's totally trauma, different. They're just lucky to leave alive yeah. here. They're like they're healthy. Be- they want to look better than they did when they started. Right. And I exactly. see they don't care if they walk out with no arms. They're just grateful to be they're alive grateful. here. There's just this level of expectation that they are going to look it better. And that, I mean, that's still it's something we deal with on so a daily challenging. Basis. I mean, even to this day, there's days where I'm like, man, I'm just either burnt out on some days or there's days where I'm like, man, am I in the right field? Because you, you can have, thank you. <laughs> you are as well, Thanks. but you can have 99% of happy clients. And then you can have 1% that just ruins the or just day. One, just year. one client. They <laughs> yes. ruin your life. I they mean, ruin your life. It's hard. There's a level of expectation Ugh. that is impossible to achieve. The in timing this field. of the timing of this is just impeccable. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I yeah. want to hear this story. We will. We'll definitely talk about it. We'll talk about it. I mean, <laughs> okay. we can talk about it now. That's fine. So I, you know, tear troughs are mm-hmm. are one of the things that I do most frequently. Yes, you do. And um, you know, first is probably lips. Tear troughs are probably second. So I always have the same spiel with my clientele. And if, if you've listened to this show throughout the series that we've been doing it, you learn that there's a sequence when it comes to filler facial rejuvenation. 100%. Lips aren't, they don't come into this category. Lips are like the curtains of the house. You can change those out at any point, but if the foundation of the house is broken, there's certain things that you have to do before you start to like put the drywall mm-hmm. up and then, you know, that's the example mm-hmm. that I give. I yeah. feel like it works sometimes. Sure. <laughs> so, so for me, when it comes to a patient, if they're over the age of 30 and they are, you know, not liking the fact that their eyes are sunken in and they feel like it's getting worse over the last couple of years. And it looks in my professional opinion, like, you know, fat pad is starting to come down then we have the conversation where, you know, you have to secure the fat pad, which if you don't know what that is, basically you have to start in the mid face Mm -hmm. to make sure that that area is secure and stable. That's your foundation. And then you can go into the tear troughs or the under eye area. If you just go directly to the under eye, you're just weighing down the face more and there's nothing underneath it. There's nothing to support it filler. Right. And, but even then, so, you know, this particular situation, we secured the fat pads. It looked beautiful. And then I had the same conversation where, you know, I, I discussed, okay, we're going to do the tear troughs now. It's not going to take much. This is the only time where I'm, you know, I'm not going to admit to this, but less, less is more. And I may or may not save a little bit for a couple of weeks to see if we need to adjust it. Yes, you're smart. May or may not. But that's the only time that I would do that. And so, you know, we start by under treating the tear trough. But even then, sometimes after it settles, it still is too much. It just depends on the patient. So this is... And it depends on... A lot, a lot, a product placement. Well, uh, not to interject, but people don't realize a hyaluronic acid filler is meant to draw water. So the longer it's in your tissue, the more fluid it's pulling. So we are supposed to under treat that area. And let's just briefly mention that in (laughs) Texas, we also have to battle allergies. Allergies. And so a lot of the times, whenever you have a hyaluronic acid filler, that's drawing Mm -hmm. water 
Plus you have water drawing into the area from the pollen Naturally. that has yeah. like Invaded. assaulted us <laughs> without our consent, you know, the likelihood of this happening is even higher. So with this person and everybody else, I say there's a chance that we're going to have to adjust this. And by adjusting, I mean, we may need to add more or there's a slight possibility that I may need to dissolve some until right. you're happy with but it. But you've never let someone go and say, bye, bye, like never deal with it. Never, never. So yeah, I, you know, this is one of those situations that this, this one wore me down. I had I would get like 50 selfies every couple of days mm-hmm. of different angles on a Sunday, on a Sunday. Oh, mm-hmm. even worse, even worse. And, and it was clear that I needed to dissolve some, and I'm not too proud to admit that. Like sometimes I have I to mean, adjust that's my work. That's why they have, that's why they have products to dissolve filler. Right. That's why it we're exists. Practicing mm-hmm. medicine. We have skill to support the practice, but right. we're still practicing. So with this particular case, it was clear that I had to do that. So we, we did one round of dissolver and then the second go around, it looked suspicious for allergies because of the timing and because of just what it looked like. It did not feel like filler. It looked like just straight fluid, but I was like, but I will do some more dissolver just to see if that works out. So long story short, cause I don't want to bore you guys with this, but it is, this is like the timing of this is good. This is like my therapy session. I'm going to pay all you guys for listening. Um, the, after the second dissolver, I'd get the series of pictures and everything looked great. It looked flat and smooth and there was no under eye volume depletion. It was just, it looked in my opinion, close to perfect because perfect doesn't exist mm-hmm. in aesthetics. And I don't know what happened that night, but at one o'clock in the morning, I got like a hundred selfies and a long paragraph of this person telling me that I ruined their life forever. Oh my gosh. And that if they were being honest, I looked like an effing freak and I should not be doing aesthetics because I'm overfilled and I have dysmorphia. So she was attacking me, but it was, it was a projection, complete projection. So yeah, the timing of that is great because I just want to bring up that even though we're injectors, you know, our syringe is not a magic wand. No. Sometimes we feel like it is. Like I feel like filler is magical, but it's not. And so, you know, 99% of the time, if you go back to your injector, if you feel like something is not the way that it should be, 99% of the time, if the injector is ethical and skilled and trained, they know what to do to correct it. Sure. The 1% of the time they don't, if they're ethical, they're going to punch you to somebody that can help you. Right. Most of us are not like the, you know, backyard Botox parties where you don't know where, yeah, you don't know Mm -hmm. where the injector came from. You just know you're getting a good Groupon size deal. And then you never see that person again. You don't know what product is in there. You don't know who it is. You don't know what their medical background is. So Anyways, that was my little rabbit hole. I feel you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you for letting me share Anytime, that. Heather. But no, I just, I feel like that, you know, people do, they need to realize that this is a very challenging right. career. It is so challenging. And I mean, let's even talk about, just go to a neurotoxin, Botox, Dysport, Xeomin. Think about what you can do to a face with simply just that. And people right. think it's just so simple and straightforward and easy. There's a case you've probably seen floating around Instagram right now. Everybody's walking in petrified of this ptosis. And I have to tell them, you know, that's as much of a risk today as it was the first time I treated you, the second time I treated you tomorrow, you know, that's a risk, but 
that's just with Botox. Think about what can happen with filler. So all these young nurses are sometimes not nurses, but from my opinion, and it may be an unpopular opinion, I I firmly believe you should at least be a nurse to inject. Texas may get there at some point. We're working on it slowly. And and I share that opinion too. And even sharing that opinion, you know, I've had a guest, Missy Bowie on here. She's a, an esthetician and she injects and I'm, I have this talk with her all the time and try to encourage like, keep going. But you know, that's just the way that it is. And she's been injecting for ever, ever. So yeah, I mean, I feel that too. I feel like, you know, in order to be competent in injectables, it's, a really wise decision to at least go to nursing school because there's no other way that you're going to understand anatomy. Right. Well, and other than doing, I did not feel confident as a nurse until I had been a nurse for years. I agree. I graduated nursing school, started a job and thought, did I really just go to nursing school? Cause I think I went to like, um, cooking school. I might as yeah. well have gone to cooking school because I don't know what I'm doing. And nobody then to does. be introduced to another skill. Something else that I stress all the time is once you're into aesthetics, you don't get to go back and, no. and do that. And what if you had to, what if you had to go back out of aesthetics and go nursing? You have oh no nursing God. career. You can't go get a job no. and be like, I know how to put Botox on a forehead. Oh no yeah. One, that's not going to get you a job. It's so funny because the, the, co- the colleagues that I'm sure you get this too, but the colleagues that that we do have that still work in the hospital. I know one of my good friends, he's a nurse practitioner and he works in, um, like internal med or no, he acute medicine. And so he'll talk about all of his cases and then he'll just brush me off and be like, Oh, she just, you don't want her to treat that. She does Botox. I'm like, I just want you to work in my office for one day, one hour, one hour. Let's call your patient who was texting you at 1am. Now granted, I don't want to work one day in his shoes because <laughs> right. he's right. I'm not qualified for that, but, but I also just want people to understand, you know, I've, I've had a, a person come to me for an interview because they wanted to step, get their foot in the door for aesthetics. They took a one day course. It was two days long. They worked in the hospital first and it was kind of similar to your situation. And I felt for her, but the one thing that kept me from hiring her was that she was like, you know, I go, well, what's your purpose behind wanting to get into aesthetics? What's your reason? What's your why? And she was like, oh, it's just, it looks so fun. And I'm like, uh, mm. uh, vomit. Mm. It, it is fun. It is fun. But also Sometimes. it's not <laughs> something that you just get into because it looks fun. And right. if that's your motive behind it, you're going to fail well, miserably. And it's important to enjoy what you do, right? Yes. And we do enjoy what we do. Absolutely. But like you said, there's not, it's not always sunshine and rainbows. No, it's so, not. I mean, you need to want to make women feel good about themselves. Something that I thought I was going to really miss from leaving trauma, you know, this world of saving lives and feeling good and working hard. I really thought I was going to miss out on that satisfaction that you get the fulfillment. And I'm always shocked at how fulfilled I am. I mean, how often do we leave work and go, I should be a therapist because this 15 minute Botox appointment turned into an hour therapy session. Absolutely. And then the reactions that you get from patients who have lost all confidence and who have lost all joy. And then you get to restore that just with a simple 
push of your thought. You know, it doesn't take much. I know fillers can have this stigma, which I feel like we're getting out of we're in getting the world. Is, and that's great. But the magic that we hold isn't necessarily in just what people right. look like. It's how they feel exactly when we do the little things. And so I find more joy in this now than I did saving yeah. lives and trauma because We're I'm changing allowed lives, people. I'm allowed to do that. It's important to Absolutely. feel good. It's important. So that's, I mean, that is why I want to be in aesthetics and it took me getting into it to learn that, but that's what I enjoy the most about it. That's why well, I do I what I do. That. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. So, I mean, just to, I've shared this before, but a tidbit of how I got into the aesthetic industry it was not by choice. It was definitely by accident. And it was the most beautiful accident ever for the most part, like 80% beautiful. This 20% <laughs> was like, there was some crying involved and some panic attacks and uh -huh. some breakdowns and meltdowns. But besides that, it was amazing. Joy. Joyous Strict occasions joy. all the time. <laughs> so I, I got out of nursing school and went into the ER for the first two years. And that was scary. I thought I was going to kill people yep. in there for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I worked in labor and delivery for a couple of years, but I've all also, I've also scary. Also scary. It sounds fun and it's not. It's I not have fun. been baptized by the amniotic fluid of like ugh, I just it, it's beautiful. Birth is beautiful, guys. Kids are great. Kids are great. So, you know, I worked there for a couple of years. I also have an undergrad and a business related degree that nobody's ever heard of, but it works for me. It's interdisciplinary studies. Oh yeah, that. Are you familiar with it? Sure. Yeah, it's great. And so I've always been entrepreneurial and had businesses, you know, since I was 22 years old. And so I felt a drive to do something different. And that's whenever I opened the Browtini Bar where I did cosmetic tattooing on brows, but I also stayed in the hospital too. But I would get those clients that came in and they're like, why don't you want to be a nurse anymore? And I was like, I am a nurse still. I'm just a nurse that does brows. Uh -huh. um, but I ran into a physician who wasn't the kindest person in the world. Um, he offered to train me in exchange for my book of clientele so that I could work for him essentially under commission. And so he trained me. I'd pay for it even though I worked for him. Wow. But that was the first non-compete I signed. So we can go into a whole thing on that, but just don't ever sign a non-compete guys. Just don't do it. It's never Ever. a wise decision. Especially one that stops you from working 30 yeah. miles from your house. Read contracts or at least have your lawyer read them for you if, sure. if you don't like to read things right. like me. So I, you know, that's how I got my foot in the door. And that's why, like you said, you know, I get multiple people asking me, you know, how do I get into it? What tips can you give me? And I'm not the best person to give advice because I wasn't looking to get into this. But I'm glad that it found me because once I had the syringe in my hand and also like mm -hmm. you, the first time I had it, like bless that person's soul. Yeah. Like well, talk we'll never about, know because they didn't come back, right? They didn't come <laughs> back. Let's talk about like risk of ptosis. If anything, that would be right. that because my hands were so shaky that, and right. the, the physician training was like, what are you doing? Like, stop shaking. I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry. Let me just start that shaking. Off. Yeah, yeah, turn the shaking off. Turn it off, mm -hmm. but I'll just relax. But, um, but yeah, so... I'm, I'm glad that I got into it because I am very passionate about it. It does require an artistic ability. And so, you know, my word of advice for people looking to get into the industry, because since then I've opened up House of Beauty and, you know, it's I, I would consider myself a high volume injector at this point. I love what I do. For the most part, I have, you know, 99.9 percent .9 amazing clients that appreciate everything and 
you know, knock on wood, we've had amazing results. And I, like you love the feeling that I give clients just helping them to feel beautiful. Cause right. I'm a big believer that beauty is, you know, not just what you look like, it's how you feel. And it's the confidence that oh, you radiate comes from within for, for sure. sure. It's Absolutely. so cliche, but it's, no, it's, it's never, but been the cliche true. things, you know, they're, they're true. true. They're cheesy, but they're true. And so, you know, seeing somebody go from being very quiet and flat affect and just, you know, they feel tired to then, you know, maybe six months later, as they continue treatment, they're walking around, they put makeup on, they're dressed up, you know, they're, you know, talking about how they're living life and they just yeah. feel good. And then that's my why, right? you know, that's, that's why I do what I do. So, you know, the tips that I would have for somebody looking into it would be like you, I would tell them work in the hospital first. Med surge is a great place because you see a lot, you get dirty. I'm not well, gonna you, lie. You do all kinds of things. Everything. You start IVs, you give shots, you give meds, yeah, you, you learn see your things. anatomy. Right. You see things that you can't see anywhere else. A, a lot of things. A lot of things. I'm, yeah. I had I never worked med spa, but I would consider emergency room kind of like med spa, just a little bit more fast paced. Yeah. And we get rid of them quicker than med spa does. <laughs> med surge. Med, you're brainwashed. Med spa. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been in this industry too long. <laughs> I have. Um, but yeah. So I would say get your feet wet in the hospital for one to two years, because I know it sounds like forever when you're 22 and fresh out of college, but it goes by quick. Well, and you learn something every day, you do you learn something new every day. Yeah. And then from there, I would say, you know, network with anybody and everybody, because that's how you're going to find your people that are going to, you know, be willing to train you further and give you job opportunities. Right. And then I don't know if you agree with this, but I always ask people besides why do you want to get into aesthetics? Do you have an, do you have an artistic background? Cause I feel like with Botox, you can be more analytical and right brained, but I feel like with filler Even still though, I mean, you have to be able to yeah, see things. You have to you have do. a vision, you but do. you're, you're totally right. Yeah. Botox is a little more scientific. Yeah. It's more math and filler is 99%. Yeah artistic. Right. It, and that, again, it's like, it looks fun, but let's, at the end of the day, you're playing with compare it to clay and you're molding somebody's face. Yeah. So, 100%. and it doesn't go by the book. You're going to learn in two days what you should be doing. And then you're going to have people that don't fit that mold that you looked at in your training. Right. And then you have to figure out where to put stuff. Right. So let's say that I, so the advice I give everybody and something else that I want to kind of point out, you need to know your laws in your state. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, because this yes. isn't just, I mean, this, this is a whole new ball game. If you have insurance on yourself, it's a different policy for doing cosmetics. So yes. you really can, you can go to the Texas medical board and you can look up the specific laws that pertain to you as a nurse and what is required of you. But what yeah. I always tell people is you are required to have a certificate that shows you've been trained for at least eight hours in cosmetic injectables and cosmetic Botox. You have to at least yes. have those. So if we're talking, where do I start? How do I begin? My advice is always go check that list and go check some boxes off of that. Even if it's just checking a box, you're not going to come out of those classes, a experienced injector. In fact, you will have zero experience coming out of yeah, those classes, which, but you at least have some legal stuff out right, of the way. At least which, you've checked that box. If you're, if you're an A type personality, which all of 
all of injectors are mostly you're going to enjoy checking the box you will you're check things you off will. Of it. and i don't know who the governing body is that comes to look for those things but i guess there is one and they would apparently be looking for that. Uh, supposedly it is the texas medical board I, I mean they have it on their list so i would Supp- assume it's them supposedly well let's just not to talk too much on that <laughs> no we're gonna get like red flagged on yeah. google please like, okay well we'll come check you out yeah, please don't. i'm ready But after that, let's just pretend that I wasn't lucky enough to know somebody who was willing to let me shadow and introduce me to their rep who happened to have a connection in Fort Worth who got me a job. Let's pretend I didn't. What would I have done then? Because that's probably more realistic for people. Right. Guess what? There's other trainings. There's, I mean, you and I pay to go to trainings. You speak at trainings. I hire people to come train me and I fly them in. I still do that. I've been injecting for about eight years. So right. If you didn't have that connection, if you don't have someone that can let you come shadow and introduce you to the right people, keep going. If you really want it, keep getting trained. Go back and get another class. Find somebody. Patreon has great resources to learn. I mean, even if you're just looking, granted, it's not injector bunny. Exactly. It's not hands-on experience, but it's something to keep going because the more you see, the more you experience, the more you're putting under your belt and the the better chance you have of impressing somebody that you meet and you will, you'll meet somebody one day. Absolutely. So just like, you know, it's kind of like dating, (laughs) right? If you keep dating, then you're going to eventually meet somebody, right? Yes. I cut that process real short. <laughs> I I thought I did. And then I think the first marriage for me was just a trial run. Mm-hmm. So it's fine though. Go. Trial yeah. and error. Yeah. You it's look a, like you're making it work this time. It so. was a learning experience. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm glad that you brought up that. So just a little bit on tips for how to be successful. Once you do get your foot into aesthetics, how, how do you become successful in it? Good question. And I think you and I, you know, owning a business and kind of being where we are, you especially, it's hard no, to you consider yourself. No, you no, too. you're right. But it's hard to even consider yourself successful because there's so much I don't know. Right. And there's so many people out there who know way more than I do. And I think if you ask them, they would say there's so much I don't know. So my suggestion is just don't stop learning. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to drop a brow. I don't want to do that, but you're going to do it. it. You're going to give somebody lumps in their lips. You're going to do something and you can't let it stop you. You just have to keep going. And the only way to keep going is to dust yourself off and do it again. How nervous were you, you know, for those two weeks after your first Botox patient waiting for it to kick in, just waiting for that phone call. I I used to lose sleep over it. I probably have told you this story. I accidentally doubled my dose of Dysport on my own self. (laughs) And I was like, all right, guys, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to take a couple days. You were a couple (laughs) days up to two weeks of figuring out what I'm about to look like for the next, I mean, and you know what? It was the best best result I've ever had. It was (laughs) was amazing. But my, my advice is just keep continuing your education, keep learning, keep networking. We in Fort Worth are so freaking lucky to have good competition, quote unquote, but community. I mean, I could reach out to you anytime, any day. And you, I mean, literally I ran out of neurotoxin a month ago and you were like, I got you. I'm not at work, but help yourself. She'll let you in. It's in the freezer. (laughs) And it's like, you know, that's, that's amazing. People don't have that. But the thing is, so I read something where it's like, stop having your back for people that don't have your back. 
100%. That's a lesson I'm still trying to it's learn. Hard. Boundaries That's are hard. hard. Boundaries are hard. I don't know about boundaries. <laughs> it, I mean, it kind of fits because it would be the same thing. If I know that if I was in a bind, I can call you and 100%. you would get me out of it. It's 100%. not, it's not, um, this is a very competitive industry, but I feel like in Fort Worth, we're getting there. We're still working on it. Yeah. But this, we should look at our aesthetic colleagues as a community and not right. as our competition, because at the end of the day, you're going to do things different than I do things. Well, and, and I do think I carry different things than you carry. Right. And I try different things and you do way different things than I do. So oh, yeah, I don't know how to do something that you do so well. I'm going to say, you really should go see Heather. Oh, vice versa. But all the people that you've ever sent me, let's say for sutures or right. anything have literally been like, I've only ever seen Heather. She told me to come here for sutures. Yes. And I'm like, well, you're in great hands there. I will do your sutures and you will go right. You know, it's, it, that's beautiful. It's respect and it's community. Yeah. And the fact that you trust me to send me people and then I would do the same thing. Absolutely. That speaks volumes. Absolutely. So I don't know where I got off on the question. No, I love me, that. But I it is, that. it is really beautiful. No, I think that that's great. So like I was thinking about this earlier because I want to give some really solid tips of advice sure. for people. So I agree with you. I think, you know, tip number one, don't get comfortable Ever. Ever the moment that you're too comfortable, something, something bad's gonna happen. Bad is gonna happen. <laughs> so don't get too comfortable. Make sure you take your continuing education courses. Um, you know, the second thing is to treat your colleagues like community and right. not competition. Um because no one else is going to know how to fix a mistake. You no. can't go to any ER and ask them how to fix an occlusion. No. You need to go to somebody who knows what you're doing and what you did. Well, like you're going to need these people. I just feel like we're we've grown beyond that culture of of like looking at people at competition. To me, when you're scared of somebody that does the same thing as you, that's your own insecurity projecting itself out. Totally. So, when you're competent and confident in what you do, your competition is, it's not nothing, but your competition has nothing on you because you do things a certain way. Right. Cause a lot of it is patient education and, and skills and background and who, you know, and everything else. So and relationships that you relationships, gain with your patients and, and it, it speaks, it speaks volumes whenever you can, you know, have another injector in the room and talk about, okay, like I had an, a patient that her lips were bumpier than I'd prefer. I reached out to a colleague and I'm like, Hey, you use this product a lot. Is there something that I'm, I'm missing? Right. What can you tell me? And she gave me advice. Perfect. And that's, that's what I look for. I look for, you know, advice number three, you know, when somebody asks you questions, it's okay to answer them. Right. It's not going to hurt your business to answer a question because think about when you were a new injector and, you know, had a question about something and that person was like, figure it out on your right. own. No, nobody, nobody has said that. Thank goodness. But I feel so guilty sometimes because I'll get asked on Instagram or even texts or whatever. How did you get into this? And there's a lot I used to answer. I used to want to be very helpful. Well, I had so much help and I really wanted to be helpful. But at some point, I don't know what to say. So I guess our what, what is our no, advice, Heather? I, I don't know. I feel you in my soul on that. Cause a lot of those messages remain unanswered in my, in my DMS too. I feel like by you doing this show, you're doing a service to those people because right. now you have a resource where you can point them to like, right. Hey, I just spoke about this on, I this was podcast. so excited to do this too. It's in my mm -hmm. highlights. Click. And you as can soon listen. as you teach me how to do that, Heather, I will I got put you. it on my highlights. I, it just so happens that my man 
the social media. And so I'm just going to send him all you guys, please. So please. And thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, get your, get your checkbox checked. Yeah. Do what you legally have to do. Start getting educated, make connections, ask. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. You're going to find someone somewhere. Do you agree with me on this? There are some more, um, chain like med spas in the area that will hire unexperienced injectors and train you from the ground up. We don't have to go into detail, but there are chain like places who will hire unexperienced injectors and give you education. Why? Yes, Abby. I do think I'm slightly familiar with some of those chain Ah. med spas that like to hire fresh non-experienced injectors and then train them and they should go there. Like you should go there because they will hire you. And that's how you get your foot in the door. I add some of those names to the list. Every time I respond to a text, I do. They are out there. Otherwise just keep trying, just (laughs) Just keep keep finding. And I mean, (laughs) make a good impression, right? Show them what you've learned. Show them the classes you've taken. Yeah. Be confident. Show them the trainings you've had, show them everything. And then say what I don't know. I'm excited to learn and experience, you know, yeah, never say, you know, so I have two more tips of advice that I feel like you can, you can touch on. So tip number one, well, it's kind of a three part. So tip number one, never inject something that you aren't comfortable injecting. Like don't go in the break room and YouTube how to do it real quick because that always fails. Mm -hmm. So don't be ashamed to punt something to somebody else that has more experience with it because your client will appreciate it more. The person you're punting it to will appreciate it more. And I promise your client's going to come back to you to come back to get their normal treatment. So that, that was one that I thought of. Um, the second one, don't ever entertain a client that is bad mouthing another injector. hundred percent. I felt that in my heart. So if that client is bad mouthing their previous injector, they are going to bad mouth you. And the problem usually is a disconnect with patient education. They were probably not given the right info on what to expect or what not to expect, or maybe they weren't told, you know, come back and see me in two right. weeks because we might need to make adjustments or we might need to, you know, whatever adjustments. If the client is bad mouthing that injector, they're going to talk bad about you. And even though this is a big community, this is a small knit community. And so if you entertain that conversation and you then start agreeing with them, or you can add certain stories or you talk bad about that injector, I promise you it it will come back. It'll get back to them. And so the best thing that you can do in my opinion is to say, Hey, you know, I'm sorry that that experience happened to you. You know, it happens to all of us. All of us injectors have done that to somebody else. So what I would say is if it's a filler, I would encourage you to go back to your injector and ask if, if they can correct it or adjust it. Right. And if it's talks, I would say, Hey, next time, you know, like with me, let's wait something else. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wait two weeks and see if, you know, we need to add more, if it's not working for you and you've tried it a couple of times, we need to do a different product stop the diluting rumor unless it's garage Botox or a Botox party. (laughs) Chances are we're not going to dilute your Botox because we want to see you every three to four months. We love you, but we don't want to see you every month. Well, and how do we spread the um, education on how neurotoxins actually work? I mean, let's be real. Social media is a powerful tool and I try to do that frequently, but it's, it's never enough. And I think that, you know, 
a certain place before I like there was a certain time where one of the neurotoxins was not working well for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Yes. And when that happens, we go to the manufacturer and let them know because sometimes they'll never admit it, but sometimes there's a bad lot number right. and it's not like as that. efficient or not as effective as what it is supposed to be. And in that situation, we as injectors act as your advocate and we will get a solution so that you're not paying for it all over again. Right. But more times than none, it's either because you need more because dosage equals duration, or you might've built up tolerance to that particular product and need to switch to a different one. Yep. So my rabbit hole to that is don't talk shit about injectors (laughs) because it does come back. And I guarantee at some point you might need that person for a pearl of wisdom. Right. Totally. I I don't know what the third one was. I went off on a tangent. No, I think there were just two. You got them. Okay. Good. Yeah. You covered them. Is there anything else you can think of? I just want to encourage anybody who is excited or hopeful to get into aesthetics, just keep trying. And I hope this was helpful. I hope there's little pearls, but I think the moral of the story is we all got here in a different way. The important thing is, is that we continue making this field something that is respectable and spectacular. Yeah. And if you want to get into it, um, just get your education, make your connections, keep going, keep trying, and then you'll never stop trying and going even once you're in here. So happy for president. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, tell people where they can find you on social media. I know that you're okay. like, you're, we're, we're in the growth stage. We're going to get your social media all pumped yeah, up. I will say my social media needs some major help. We got, you. I am a, a one man show. I'm the office manager, the janitor and the injector and the marketing coordinator, I love but it. you can go find my Instagram at Abby Henny underscore aesthetics. Um, and you can find us on the bricks on camp Bowie, which is the cutest little place. It is super cute. Yeah. Um, and yeah, come follow us there. And if you're a social media marketing person, hit me up. Are you looking for somebody? <laughs> I mean, shit, I need somebody. <laughs> Look, sex, love and injectables is here to offer some job opportunities. Yes. So you guys make sure you go follow her. It's Abby, Abby, Henny underscore aesthetics, Henny, not like the drink. It's H E N G N E Abby H E N E underscore aesthetics. That's an alcoholic for you. I'm like, yep. not like the Henny that you Not start- like the Henny. My last <laughs> name is Hennigan. My husband's nickname is Henny. So now I'm a Henny. You're too. a Henny. Abby Henny. Well, you guys make sure you go show her some love. She is an incredible injector. I love to work with her. I love to send clients to her for things that she does that I don't do mm-hmm. without any, like, shame at all. So make sure you give her some love and then give me some love too. We might talk about something different next week. I don't know. I'm going to mix it up a little bit, but you can find me on iTunes and Spotify, sex, love and injectables. Make sure you subscribe. That's how I know that I am going to keep doing this. If you don't subscribe, I'm just going to stop y'all. It's going to be canceled because this is canceled culture. Go subscribe. So go subscribe and leave me a review and I will talk to you guys next week on sex, love and injectables. Bye.